0: WV stands for the great state of West Virginia, and every quarter we cover something in West Virginia. Stacy and myself, JR, are your hosts, so please come along for this venture to Uncommonplace.
1: Welcome to West Virginia Commonplace. Today I have with me a very special guest. This guest does something with our favorite animal dogs her name is heather and i'm going to let heather pronounce her last name for everyone because i'll like like we said in our pre-call earlier i will butcher her last name so heather can you please tell us who you are and what you do
0: my name is heather shash and what i do is i'm a professional dog trainer with a twist
1: and what is that twist
0: Aha. Uh-huh. So I don't just look at the dog and its behavior. I look at the owner and what the owner is given the dog, which is mirrored by the dog that creates the behavior in the dog. So I'm, I'm about the owner more than the dog.
1: Okay. Now let me ask you this. Do you have a certain technique that you have uh, to assess this at the very beginning when you see a dog with its owner?
0: So it takes me a while I have to, you know, speak to the owner and find out what's been going on with the dog. Then I start getting a feel for the anxiety that the owner perhaps has. And many times I'll just turn around to the owner and say, are you anxious? And they go, how do you know? Because, and especially with COVID too, although before that we had a lot of anxious people, but the dogs are mirroring the anxiety and many unhidden stories that maybe I'll be able to tell you later
1: okay okay now um from your earliest childhood because we're going to go back in time real quick what started you (laughs) on your path with helping dogs because everybody has a story on, on on some type of animal me it's turtles other people it's frogs but what tied you into dogs what brought you into having the notion and the motion to go out here and help dogs
0: so I never had a dog growing up
1: whoa
0: yeah exactly We had rabbits, I had guinea pigs, but birds, but never, never grew up with a dog. And it wasn't until I met my husband, who had actually bred dogs and groomed them, that I had my first dog, which was an Airedale Terrier. Okay. And I started getting into the training, and I'm like, this is pretty cool. I I like the connection with the dog, and I like the training. So that's where it started.
1: And where did you get your first dog training from? Because a lot of people, you know, uh, when they think of dog training, and I want you to elaborate a little bit, they just think of like the obedience part of dog training.
0: That's what we were doing. So, this I'm from England originally, and we had an Airedale Terrier Club. So, it was just one breed that everybody came. And the guy um, was teaching us obedience, but he was also teaching us how to take our dogs out into settings like we would do shows with our dogs I even i even went to london to try and get my dog in a commercial one time
1: and how'd that turn out
0: well he he was a pet right and he had good skills right yes but he just wanted to have fun he didn't want to perform So when he got up on the stage where they had two dogs cross each other, he fancied the dog rather than doing the work. So we got paid, but we didn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) He was just a pet.
1: Okay. Now, now tell me what uh, brought you into becoming a professional dog trainer. Cause everybody has like a plateau. I'll give you an example. Um, I do a podcast right now. Right. But it plateaued me. I, I got a plateau. I, I stopped at that for a second and I, I kind of got a little stagnant. And then I started doing a sometimes cinema business where I just pop up in random places and show cult movies. So like I moved from one thing to another. So how did you go from whatever you, like, what did you start with in life is a, is a better question. Like what was your first job or what was your business and how did you take that and then transform into uh, a pers- a professional dog trainer?
0: So I moved from England to Florida. I was in the Orlando area and I created a house cleaning business.
1: Whoa.
0: Out of, yeah. Like totally different, right? Yeah. So yeah, plenty of hard work. Then I got staff, then it grew. And I didn't realize, but my stepmother told me that I had said, by the time I'm 50, I will not be in the cleaning business. And no kidding, the day before my 50th birthday, I sold that cleaning business. And I forgot I didn't set it. So I'm (laughs) like, what am I going to do now? Like, what am I going to do with myself? So I go on the internet. I have some ideas. I thought, well, I could start this business and that business. And what happened is a friend of mine sent me an email. If you click on this, four cans of pedigree dog food will go to a shelter. I'm like, sure, I'll do that. And when I looked up, there was an ad. Would you like to be a dog trainer? I'm like, heck yeah. And that's how it all started.
1: That's a, that's really, I mean, that's like a pivot. Like you just stopped and and turned around. So leaving the cleaning business and becoming a professional dog trainer. Um, and, and, uh, my next question goes into this. Um, what made it the right time, you know, selling a business and not, you kind of probably didn't even take a break. What what made it the right time to become a professional dog trainer? Well, when I had worked
0: with a guy in England who had the dog club, he had printed a book I didn't know about, and there are pictures of me in this professional dog training book that was published. Whoa. And it was sent, yeah. And so it was sent to me in Florida, and I had no idea about it. And I start looking through it, and I'm like, wow, you know, I don't know about you, but there are always doors opening, but many times we don't see them opening. Right. So I love the training I did. I'm in a training book. And then a couple of my clients, cleaning clients, I would work with their dogs while I was cleaning, like go sit over there or whatever I'd say. And they go, wow, you should be doing something with dogs. So there was a knocking on the door consistently and it just happened to be the right time.
1: Okay, that makes sense there. And and that that ties in pretty good. Those pictures probably brought up some emotion and you decided to go with it. Now, you have a company, Happy Owner, Happy Dog. Mm Mm-hmm. And before this, you uh, started, you gained your uh, training at the Animal Behavior College, correct? Correct. Could you elaborate on the Animal Behavior College? Because that sounds really serious.
0: (laughs) It does sound serious, right?
1: Yes, it does.
0: It actually is an online course. And then you get a mentor to do some work with a mentor, right? Okay. And I mean, I, I learned some things in there, but really... I think it was really for me just a, do you know, I'd never been to college before. Never, never in my whole life. So here I am 50 years of age, completely transitioned to what I'm doing. And then I'm like, I'm going to go to animal behavior college. And I've never done college in my life ever. And so to me, it was, it was, it was double. Like I get to do something I've never done. I get to learn something and be a professional at it. And it was just, or inspiring. Yeah. So the the college itself was online with a mentor.
1: Okay. And what type of fundamentals did you learn there? Like what, what skills did you learn there that you hone now in your business?
0: Well, I think it gave me a foundation back then. Like there's different ways of training. There's clicker training. I'd never used a clicker in my life. I had no idea what that was. Right. There's positive, there's negative training. Um, It was more of a foundation training. And I knew a lot already through the other guy in England, but I hadn't touched on that for years. So it was a refresher at the same time. My mentor said to me, said, you've worked with dogs before. I said, no, I haven't. He said, yeah, you have. You have a natural gift. So I think it was an affirmation that really I'm on the right path.
1: So basically that class, uh, that college reinforced your skills and then it kind of helped build (laughs) your confidence back up a little bit. And then you got out here. Mm -hmm. Now let's go right into this. Happy owner, happy dog. How did you come up with this name and how did you decide to to go out on your own and start a business instead of gr- getting together with a bunch of um, already, you know, professional dog trainers that were already out there, like a, a group of them? What, what made you decide to start your own business? I mean, obviously you had a cleaning business, but still, this is like an endeavor. You went to school, you're done with it. Instead of joining up with a, like a group of them, you didn't. What made you start Happy Owner Happy Dog? Well, I
0: actually had a different name. It was Think Alpha Dog to begin with, <laughs> <laughs> right? So it was Think Alpha Dog and, you know, you had to get a license. So where I lived down in Florida, I was on the city limits so I had to have um, a business license. So I, I remember going in and the lady behind the desk was, you know, signing everything, taking my money and she goes, oh, you're a dog trainer. I need your help. And this is my first client. And I went, oh my gosh, like, this is for real. Like I'm really gonna have a client. So she kind of sparked it off. It was, she was my first client. And um, we moved from Florida to South Carolina. And when I got to South Carolina, I realized that's not the right name for me anymore. That is not what I represent. I'd learned so much in those years that I wanted to change the name. And Happy Owner Happy Dog really suits who I am as a trainer. Because if the owner's not
1: happy, the dog certainly isn't happy. Okay, now can you build on the psychology for me real quick of the happy owner, happy dog? Um, like you just said, but elaborate a little bit more detail into it. Because like, uh, on the surface, when you say that, and, and I hear it, I'm thinking, as long as the owner is always doing the right thing, which, you know, most owners don't know the right thing. Um, <laughs> can, we, can we build on this psychology a little bit? How do you know that you're... happy owner to your dog because you can express gratitude and um affection but the but the mental aspect just like you do with a human you know to a degree there's more than just gratification and and satisfying uh people's needs and things it's 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 deeper like you have to connect uh you know so many different lights so could you tell us a little bit about the psychology and, and how you developed your techniques with the psychology well,
0: exact one of the words you just use is connection. Like we think we're connected to our dogs, but most of the time we're in our head, worried, concerned, upset, angry, frustrated, like whether it's work, it's you know, our relationships, it's the way we treat our body, all of that. Dogs are connected, like there's a connection all the time. So they're either connected to your positive or they're connected to your negative. So when you think when you come home from work and they're like, Oh my gosh hi and you're like i've just had a crappy day at work right that they're like oh oh hang on a minute (laughs) right so it's about (laughs) (laughs) so one is about connection of what we know and then there's connection of what we don't know can i share a story
1: yes go ahead
0: okay so this will kind of blow your mind because it blew my mind at the time so i walked in to two people who had four dogs And if you imagine you walk in the house and to the right, they have a dining room, which has no dining room table, but has four dog crates right next to the kitchen. Two of of the dogs are fighting. Not not when I get there, but that's the purpose of me going out there. They they have fights. So I I meet all the dogs. I I talk to the, the couple. And then suddenly she looks at me and she goes, I don't know why this is, but I have to talk to you about something that happened when I was two. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? Like, you're two years old. What's that got to do with your dogs fighting, right? <laughs> so, she then tells me the story when she's two, the ceiling of the upstairs bathroom falls on her head. She's living with her parents, they don't know there's a leak in the bathroom, and the ceiling falls on her head at two. That's pretty dramatic for a two year old, right? She's yes, it is, hospital, right? She's probably got PTSD from this, you know. And she said, I don't know why I'm telling you, but it was so traumatic. And I go, okay. And then I looked in the room where these crates are. And no lie, this is the truth. Up in the corner in the ceiling is a damp patch. Yeah. See how you went, right? That's what she did every time she saw it. Like I said to her, how do you feel every time you see that? She said, it freaks me out. I said, so the dogs are connected to the energy of her freaking out every time she has to walk through that room to see the dogs and she has to walk through that room to go to the kitchen. She said, it's funny you should say that, she said, because my parents have a one-story house now and the dogs never fight over there. So I said to her, well, you need a one-story house then, don't you? Because then you don't have to deal with the ceiling that feels going to fall in on you. She said, well, my, my parents own both, so we're just going to switch. I'm like that was the easiest solution to that one,
1: right? Yeah, and that's amazing. Like trauma from a childhood mm-hmm. related to the ceiling relates to the dogs because the dogs get that that positive and negative energy, and she's cold and and not saying she, that lady's heartless, but she's probably got a she's got a fear, and they can yep. smell that fear, right? Yep,
0: yep. And then the only way dogs can let go of fear is through their mouth. You know, they can't go to a psychiatrist or a therapist or, you know, have a glass of wine or whatever. right? They've got to let it go. And so you end up with a fight.
1: Right. Because that aggression or that tension builds up. And if there's another dog there and they both got that tension, we know yeah. how that ends.
0: Absolutely. So that's just one of a few stories that I have of people who have no idea what's in the background of that they walk around with every day that the dog is picking up on.
1: All right. So let let me spin this around because you got me thinking completely different now on some things. I want to ask you this. I'm going to spin this around real quick and we'll get back to everything else. I need you to help the audience with what we're going through now. What can they do with their dogs? Just a little tidbit because I want them to come to you and get more advice. But what is something they can do? Because, you know, dogs were used to us being home and now we're slowly opening back up. Well, we're already open back up, but. Everywhere's open and back up and dogs are left at home alone now.
0: Yeah. And it's it, separation anxiety is pretty tough on dogs. When owners leave, one thing the owner should never do is feel guilty. Because when they feel guilty, that creates fear in the dog. So you have to be genuinely happy about leaving them. And if you say the same thing every time when you leave, they get into this consistency, this pattern. Another thing you can do is you can leave some clothing that maybe you've slept in your bed with and you give it to them so they have your scent while you're gone as well. Um, Another one is I have on my website a hypnotherapy download for dogs for separation anxiety where there's a person who actually speaks to them and there's music in the background and it helps them just to relax. So those are a few things.
1: Now I need you to help me with one other thing. Um, You said something about a website but you you're talking about it, but nobody knows how to get there. What's the name of your website?
0: HappyOwnerHappyDog.com.
1: All right, and they can get that on the World Wide Web with a uh-huh. www dot. <laughs> now, over on your website, uh, you click over and you see quite a few different things. And this website, guys, also and ladies, um, is integrated uh, for any device. You can look at because I'm one of those people. I will test your website out on my phone, tablet, everything. Even I can't look at it on my Apple watch, but one day I'll be able to. So on this website, you have an about page, you have testimony, you have a contact and I skipped over all the important stuff because you have something that's very profound. And I read over it real deeply grounding energy. Could you explain that to the audience?
0: So the earth is magnetic and it can actually ground our energy. Scientifically it has been proven now that it actually relaxes us and it can um, reduce inflammation. Like they've taken pictures of people and their bodies, right? And then after that, grounding means nothing on your feet. It's your skin on the bottom of your feet on the earth, just as is, right? Now, dogs do it all the time, unless they live in apartment complexes, right? Where they don't have the, they can't be on earth. They can't just lay down and that. But it's, it's just a great way of relaxing. Now, in Europe, they've been doing this for years. They walk without anything on their feet because we were made to be that way. So it's the simplest, cheapest right form of relaxing us, like just sit out in the yard with your dogs and have nothing on your feet. You don't have to walk around if you don't want to, but you can have your feet flat on the ground. And you don't notice. I mean, there's nothing to indicate what's happening obviously, right? It's not like a meter that you can, you can read or something like that, but it it really does make a difference.
1: And now that I read this and I know this, I'm going to go try this because I'm thinking about it. I live in a mountainous area. I mean, we got some vegetation and stuff, but maybe I need to take my shoes off. So I want to thank you for that uh, real fast. That's a great thing. Now on the rest of the site, you have the balance procedure. Your Mm -hmm. dog is your healer. Hypnotherapy for your dog. Could you elaborate a little bit on all of those, please?
0: Yeah, Your Dog is Your Healer is a book that I just created. It just came out about two, three weeks ago. And that actually has all the stories of my clients, like with different, like separation, anxiety, barking. So there's explanations of what that is in dogs. And then there's the stories of what I discovered with my dog owners and what the dog was mirroring. So that gives you more idea of what I'm about, how I address things, tips and techniques.
1: So, so you have multifacets to you. You're a media mogul, basically. <laughs> what inspired you to, to write this book? Because you're already out here, you're you're professing what you do to people every day. You're reinforcing it. What made you decide that it was time to write a book?
0: I I just wanted to get the word out that. relationship with our dogs is not about obedience. Like we all think that we have to train our dogs, train our dogs, train our dogs. What is more important is how we are with our dogs. I had six dogs at one time. I only have four now. Whoa! (laughs) And they were all from different shelters, different breeds. They were all females, right? And I didn't train them, right? They learned from me being consistent, my energy, which is balanced because I use balanced procedure. I'll talk to you about that, but it was just the consistency in who I am. And they realized they knew what I needed. If we're not clear communicators with our dogs, we confuse them and then they go off on a tangent and we get mad with them. But we've got to learn to be clear in our communication.
1: So good transparency in your communication leads to a great relationship with your dog. Yep. Now on the aspect of writing a book, uh, in this when you were writing this book was there any type of uh, self-care that you got out of this because you know we apply everything we do in life and we tell people you know I can help you here we can do this we can do that but did you kind of like when you were writing this did you reflect on certain things and be like man this really did work for me somewhere
0: well there's the first story is about me and one of my dogs right so I I went through the whole process And that's what every time I look, she was my teacher and all dogs are our teachers. They're all teaching us something completely different. Right. But she was the one who opened my eyes up more than any other dog I had into what was I bringing to the table that she would growl at me, but never my husband. (laughs) So, (laughs) and I was, I'm a dog trainer. I should know what, how to figure this out. But again, if you have stories within you that you're walking around with, You don't know that. And so she was the one who drew out the story about myself and why she was mirroring and she was growling at me. So, yeah, I mean, it it just shows you that I'm no different to you.
1: Okay. Now where can everybody find this book?
0: So the book is on Kindle. Okay. Your dog is your healer. It's also on my website as well.
1: Happyinnerhappydog.com. Yeah. Okay, and that right there, that's amazing Like that she actually took time to write a book to put a testament to what you have done thus far with dog training. Uh, I commend you on that because it, it's got to be hard to do that. Um, oh, it is. With, with, it, with everything you have to do because being an author, that's a whole nother spectrum. Um, I talked to so many. Um, now, let me ask you this, and this is just about the book and, and professionalism real quick. Um, what advice would you give to someone that works in a profession like you did when they decide that they want to write a book? What, what was the first thing? Like, what was the first thing that came to your mind when you decided to write this book? I, I understand like one thing could be this will help people, but like what came to your mind like was it was it one of these deals like I'm gonna help people and I'm gonna make something that's gonna be preserved for eternity? You know, I
0: you know, I'd have to look back and see why I wrote it. Really for me, really for me though. There's something you don't know about me. Okay. Maybe. So I did life coaching. Yes. For a company, right? And life coaching, dog training, happy owner, happy dog, right? All all comes together and connects the dots, right? So the dots that are connected. I want people to have the best life they could possibly have and get out of their crappy stories in their head right and just have a purposeful exciting life and I also want dogs to live with owners like that right and nobody else seemed to be doing anything out there and I'm like if I don't put this out there no people aren't going to know about it they may poo-poo it I don't care but it might make a difference for one person and one dog so I think that's the reason why I started that you're right writing a book is not easy (laughs)
1: not at all not at all no (laughs) now let's get into this balance procedure
0: okay so the balance procedure is it was created by a lady in england and i don't know if you know anything about energy work there's like reiki out there there's different modalities right yes but you have to pay someone right go and get your energy balanced or whatever it is so this lady created the balance procedure which actually you can use every day for yourself so you don't have to go to anybody and I learned about this at a dog retreat funny enough <laughs> <laughs> right dog yes. retreat yes in uh, Colorado about three years ago <laughs> right, this is perfect so every morning I have these cars that I balance on and um so I know my energy is where it needs to be every day and it's, it helps with health and well-being. It helps with your attitude. It helps with just being positive. And it's such a simple procedure. So some of my clients, you know, take this on as well for themselves because it's an easier way of maintaining what they want rather than going to a therapist. They don't need to go to. I mean, some people do, obviously, depending on what their trauma is. Um, True. But this is just a simple, simple solution to living a positive lifestyle.
1: Okay. Now let's dig into this. You offer in-home training with dogs and things like that. Now I need to ask you this. Do you offer uh, a set service outside of that, like virtually to help people right now or anything to that extent?
0: Yeah, I do. Um, I was talking to a lady today over in Texas, right? I started working with her and then I have another one in Pittsburgh that the other day that I'm working with. So these are women who want to know, are they impacting their dogs with something negative? Why is their dog behaving that way? Is it something they're bringing to the relationship as an owner? And then I work with them with the balance procedure as well, virtually.
1: Okay. Now that people can come over to your website and uh, get in touch with you there and consult you, and then you can start this training with them.
0: Yeah. So I do a 30 minute, what I call discovery call. So we can get on a call together for 30 minutes. You know, you can talk to me and tell me what's going on and then I'll, you know, I, I need to get a grasp of something to see if we're a good fit together. And what, what I provide for you is what you're looking for. So I provide that service too.
1: And they can reach you also uh, you actually have a telephone number on your webpage, and you have an email address.
0: I do. And my my phone number is a Florida number. It's a 407-922-0285. And my email is happyownerhappydog at gmail.com.
1: Okay. Now let me ask you this. Do you offer a support group also outside of this? Or is that something that might be in the development?
0: Actually, I have a Facebook community. So if you go on Facebook, it's Happy Owner Happy Dog Community. Okay. And this is a group of people who come together. You know, I I give tips and techniques next, when is it? Next Monday, March, but August the 2nd, we're having a five-day fun get-together, learn something every day, Monday through Friday.
1: Okay, so you have have a strong following to help people out. Now, let me ask you this, because we touched on a few social medias. Uh, Can they find you on Instagram, Twitter, or anywhere else in the social media realm um, to to get involved with you also?
0: I, again, my, my Instagram is happy on a happy dog. Also not Twitter, just, just Instagram and Facebook right now.
1: Yeah. I don't blame you on that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I still haven't figured that one out.
1: Okay. So just running through a little quick scenario. Cause I always like to do this uh, so that we can kind of get a feel for things. So after you've done your assessment, you come back, you and the owners uh, discuss terms and agreements, which that's none of my business. You can talk to them about that when it gets going. Um, and you start doing these sessions, if they're located where you're located in your state, or if they're away, you do these meetings uh, via mm-hmm. some type of video channel. Um, so you see these animals, you see these, uh, individuals the animal looks at you and tells you the story because you're like the dog whisper and i'm just using that as a scenario um so you see the dog's disdain or whatever and you see the owner do you ever see an owner try to like like shame the dog or kind of look look like look away like because the dog's telling you the story and the owner's just kind of like you know, a little bit out there, even though the owner sees that there's a problem. Do you ever see like a, a dog kind of intimidate the owner or vice versa?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, over the years, definitely. Cause I've been doing this for 13 years now. Right. So yeah, I, I, I've definitely seen that I've seen, I don't know. I think I've probably seen everything when it comes to dogs and owners, but I don't only just address what's going on with the owner. I address, I address diet also. Okay. Right, because diet is huge. If you're on the wrong diet, then that can create problems with the dog. I also address why are you serving your dog? Is it a scent dog? Is it a hunting dog? Is it a herding dog? So there's a lot more. So it's more of a, a package. Got to address all the elements of what's going on in the house.
1: Man, that's like a, that's a that's a heavy consult, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. Man, you you should have been a, been a psychologist or something, you know. <laughs> but um, now... I have
0: been called a um, marriage guidance counselor. Oh, wow. You want to hear that story?
1: Yes, let, go ahead.
0: <laughs> this is probably one of my first ones where I went, there's more to this than meets the eye. So this couple lived in New York, went to Florida six months of the year, had their own business, and they had a little miniature poodle that barked and barked and barked and barked. So knock on the door she opens the door with the poodle in her arms barking and she said come in I'm like where's the husband he comes down the the hallway and we all sit together she sits opposite me with poodle he sits to my right he says I hate this dog I'm like oh sir thank you for being honest (laughs) right I said why why do you hate her He's said i never thought i'd say this about a dog she barks all the time it drives me insane i go okay so i go through my normal questions you know where do you feed it what do you feed and everything i go what happens at nighttime? where does the dog sleep well we go in the bedroom and we shut the door and the dog's scratching and barking and when we're ready to go to sleep we let the dog in i'm like okay you're not telling me what you're doing in between but i know what you're doing
1: right <laughs> <laughs> right right
0: and then when we get on the sofa together and we're watching the TV, the dog gets in the middle of us and it barks at us. And literally this came out of my mouth. And I, and I went, did I really say that? I looked straight at the woman with the dog. She never said anything. He did all the talking. I said, ma'am, you're using this dog to keep away from your husband. I'm like, I've never said that to anybody. Like, I've never said that. And he looked at me and he goes, I thought so. He said, you're a marriage guidance counselor. You're not a dog (laughs) trainer. But you see, all all that she wasn't saying, the dog was barking. Like she had this tension and the dog could feel it. And then it was barking, right? So I gave her some homework. And two weeks later, I went back. Totally different couple. Because I had spoken what hadn't been said. The elephant was out, you know, out of the room, basically. So, yeah.
1: Did that marriage last?
0: Yeah, they were fine. Yeah, it lasted. Oh, wow. She wasn't saying anything. See, dogs are so clued into us. It can be scary. (laughs) Right.
1: So the dog was a defense mechanism.
0: Yes. (laughs) She wasn't telling her husband... That she didn't want to be near him. What I have to tell you, I d- I did leave a little bit out. When he came down the when he came down the hallway, this guy was probably sixty five, something like that. He had the tightest shorts I've seen on a man of his age, like so tight. <laughs> I already got a feel for him, and that's what she was trying to tell him: leave me alone, get away from me. I don't need you all the time, right? And the yeah. dog was saying, "Get away from me, get away," and so it was barking. Yeah. I mean, I came out of that house and I went, that could have been the end of my
1: career. Did I really say that? So you are a marriage counselor, a marriage dog counselor. That is like, that's insane because you you solved a problem. And even at that stage in their life, you know, he could have been complacent for the rest of his life with this dog barking. Yeah, obviously he was upset about it because and he didn't really, she did something about it, obviously. But that's amazing because... And on the flip side, as the as the the uh, the spouse in the situation, him, I would be kind of upset because I would wonder if the dog was her psychologist or something. Did this dog listen to all the complaints about me, and my wife?
0: <laughs> right, right. And the
1: dog's explaining to me this whole time. Stay away. <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah. That would be kind of heartbreaking, to a degree.
0: <laughs> uh, or, or as I said, kind of scary. You know. Yeah,
1: because the dog knows everything. <laughs> The dog is a better spouse than I am.
0: See, dogs, you can't lie with a dog. You can't come home from work and go, hey, and you feel really crappy because they just clue into the crappiness. You cannot <laughs> lie to a dog.
1: That is insane. <laughs> now, there's a portion in this show that I dedicate to this news magazine that I watched as a child. It is called 2020. 2020 was my favorite news magazine. Everybody liked uh, 60 Minutes with Dan Rather and whoever else was on there, but I didn't like that. Um, On 2020, you had Diane Sawyer that asked certain questions that were kind of tight. You had uh, John Stossel that was the comedian on the the show. He he did a little bit there. Um, We won't worry about John Stossel because you've given us enough comedy uh, with the last bit you did there. And then there was Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters asked some very hard-hitting questions to guests at the very end of the show, kind of like at the 1040 mark. Uh, she would, you know, she would be on there and she would have a strong story, finish it out. You go to sleep, you wake up Saturday morning. You just remember what Barbara Walters and Diane Sawyer said. So, Heather, I know I I don't want to chop your last name up. <laughs> I apologize. Um, you're on the hot seat now. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, so here's your first Diane Sawyer question. What was your first disappointment in learning how to become a professional dog trainer?
0: My first disappointment? Hmm. When I got bitten. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. And it was a group class. And this dog was adopted and it was a little fearful and I went in too quick and she grabbed my thumb. (laughs) Right. And there was all this blood and they're like, Oh, should we finish class? I'm like, it's it's fine. I'll just shake the blood off. It's fine. But I was disappointed because I wasn't conscious of what I was doing. I just rushed in and it wasn't the dog's fault.
1: Okay. Now let's build on that. So you Uh get bit by this dog. Uh Um, and there's no fear or your heart doesn't pump any kool-aid you're still strong and confident about becoming a professional dog trainer did you ever meet this dog again
0: no well no 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 that's not true she finished the classes so i don't remember what class we were at because it was six weeks but yeah i did meet again from
1: a distance. <laughs> okay, from a distance. So that dog had, had 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 one-upped you and the dog just kept its stance, basically.
0: Well, I, I I didn't want to upset it.
1: Okay, I, c- I can take that one. I'll go with that one. Uh-huh. Now, now next, we're going to get a little deeper. You're a professional dog trainer um, and there's certain things that you have to anonymize uh, about the owners and the dogs, but what has been the toughest breed you've had to deal with?
0: chihuahua
1: whoa how's it why's that how's that elaborate
0: <laughs> chihuahuas are terrible i'd rather have a pit bull any day than a chihuahua chihuahuas because the owners baby them and they're like Aah. you know and they can get at you <laughs> 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 yeah they're little ankle nippers and they can get you quicker than a big dog.
1: okay i can go with that one now we're going to get deeper All right. So you're a professional dog trainer. You got the business running. (laughs) Sometimes you have flashbacks about going back into the cleaning services. Sometimes you may not, but um, (laughs) has there ever been a moment that you thought about going back into the cleaning service business? No, no, no. Not one second. Nope. Okay. I'm going to go with that. And, And I appreciate that because a lot of people would be like, yeah, I thought about going back after something happened with it with something. Okay. Now, you're the professional dog trainer, and we're going to, when I say that, I'm putting a lot of emphasis in it. Um, you've had some ups and downs with the dogs, and we're not going to talk all about negativity because I don't consider anything negative. I consider something that's negative a life lesson. Mm-hmm. So we talked, we've already talked about that earlier. So what has been your greatest triumph as a professional dog trainer? Because you have millions of stories, and I could probably talk to you for two, three, four hours. You could almost tell me folklores, probably. <laughs> what has been your greatest triumph?
0: I want to say having my own pack of six dogs. (laughs) I think that's my biggest triumph. Six female dogs together. Most dog trainers will tell you you can't do that. You can't have one sex. Yeah. And from different shelters, different ages, different breeds. Yeah. And living together without fights.
1: That is amazing.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably my greatest. Yeah. Or, no, actually, I don't know. I ran a prisoner program down in Florida for two years. I think that is probably, when I think about it, yes, working with prisoners, with shelter dogs for two years. That was huge.
1: Man, that's... That's amazing. Like, uh, I mean, I'm kind of like, I'm shocked. So so you helped impact someone's life that's in prison. You know, you helped them. That's it. That's really amazing. Like, how did that come about? If you don't mind me asking, I know we've gone on about a few other things.
0: (laughs) So I, I always volunteered as a trainer at a shelter and the two shelters I volunteered at in Florida were kill shelters, unfortunately. They were the closest ones. So I'm volunteering at this one shelter, and then the director calls me. She said, "We have this opportunity." So the prisoners weren't in prison, but they were still in prison sentence, and they were in what was called a transitional house.
1: Like a halfway house.
0: Well, it was different to that. Oh. Yeah, different to it. so it wouldn't. They next step could be a halfway house, I guess. If they got in trouble, they were they were shackled up and sent back to prison straight away.
1: Oh, right? <laughs> so it, I'm not so, laughing about that, but. <laughs>
0: So she said, do you you want to do that? And I said, how amazing. How could I say no to that opportunity, right? And it was an old motel that had been created into this transition house with walls around it. And the the guys would go to work. They would eventually go to, you know, get a job, but they'd have um, ankle bracelets on them, right? Okay,
1: so they were monitored.
0: So they were monitored, right? And um, I remember going in and you'd open the door and there'd be like four beds or six beds. There'd be bunk beds in there and there was nothing flashy and all these guys would sit up and I'm like whoa I've never been around like these guys before and you know over the two-year period I realized that just normal people like you and I they just screwed up right right they just screwed up and it was great because we saved I think it was 74 dogs in two years whoa like, yeah we got them trained we got them adopted they learn how to have patience. They learn how to train dogs. They learn how to read dog body language. They learn how to let go, because when those dogs got adopted, they had to let go. So they learned a lot from that program. Yeah,
1: that, that's amazing. I think I could. We could do another episode because you could. <laughs> you've got stories for days. Now, um, I want to tell you a, a big thank you for coming on the show, talking about the dog psychology the fundamentals and everything that goes in um with being a professional dog trainer and more a counselor a marriage <laughs> marriage dog counselor um a warden at a prison. Um, So many different things that tie into what you do. And then your bubbly personality. I don't know if it's because you're from Europe or just how you were raised by your mother, father, whoever. One thing I'd like you to do, because there's someone always behind what we do. Could you please give a big shout out to the people that have helped you along the way because there's always someone that has brightened your spirit when you wanted to turn away and not do something uh who were those people or who was that person
0: my stepmother in england yeah she's always believed in me you'll be on tv one day so watch out right
1: (laughs) my husband
0: my husband no matter how many times i put in for volunteering because that program with the prisoners was volunteering i didn't get paid for it right Right. So always always there to cook dinner when I couldn't, always there to support me. Yeah. Um, my family in general, of many people, many of my friends.
1: And that one trainer in England that took a chance on you?
0: Yeah, he's passed away now. Yeah. Jeff Grin yeah, Jeff Grinham, his name was. Yeah. He was the one who got me on my journey, for sure. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now here's the, the hardest question. Um, what are your future endeavors, if you don't mind, uh, telling us a little bit about what's going to be in the future for you, your business, and all well, all the multifaceted portions of your business, because you do a lot.
0: I think I'll be doing more online than I will be actually in personal train you know, personal training where I live. Um, I, I know there's another book in me. Um, there will be webinars. I want to put a course together so people can actually work with me, you know, in a group. Um, online as well so that that will be coming up probably towards the end of the year
1: and at some point um when this episode goes out people are going to ask about your last name and it's spelled (laughs) s z a s z you told me a very interesting story about your last name and the way i was going to chop uh chop your name up uh at first i was going to say it's Zizzer, Zasser. Like I had completely (laughs) chopped your last name up. Um, And not to take away from anything that we talked about today, but could you pronounce that last name one last time so the audience can remember? Because when I see it, it's a lot of letters that I don't believe belong together. (laughs)
0: It is pronounced
1: Shash. Shash.
0: Yeah, you got it. Shash.
1: Shash. Shash. Heather Shash. Sounds like you would own cats instead of dogs
0: what was shash yeah <laughs> most people don't even they
1: go they just use my first name <laughs> yeah shash i'm gonna yeah. remember that for the for like three days now uh, after this i'm gonna play like, shash i'm gonna name somebody shash I I, I I play around with my colleagues and give them different names say i'm gonna name somebody shash i got a buddy named trevor he's gonna be shash now but uh, getting back into everything that we talked about, happy owner, happy dog. You have a website. You are on Facebook, Instagram, um, so that people can find you. You have an email address. You have a a nice telephone number that you uh, placed in in here earlier. You have a lot going for you. So, the the hardest question, which we hadn't got to yet, that's the Barbara Walters question. That's kind of how we usually end the show. You know, after all the bright lights and all these great things that you do, what do you do to reset? What do you do to refresh your batteries? Because we can always talk about what we do in the world, but nobody ever gives us that that true mental um, insight on what you do to calm down after you've done all this. Because what you do, and this is a testament to you, it's a lot of mental focus.
0: Uh-huh, it is.
1: And you have to be very strong-minded and have a strong will. So how do you relax? That's your Barbara Walters question, and that's how we'll finish up those questions there. How do you relax?
0: I relax by walking my dogs, uh, cooking. I love to cook. Um, And gardening. And going on vacation twice a year with my husband, my daughter, and boyfriend.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you do, so you do make time to relax. And that's one thing I appreciate because there's so many people that help people in the world and never take time for themselves. So I'm really glad to hear that.
0: I know I have to, because I won't be as good as I need to be for those owners and their dogs.
1: So you're a full glass, not a half glass type person. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. And I think the world does. So Heather, I want to thank you for coming on West Virginia and commonplace. This has been an amazing interview and I know that the future is going to be even brighter than what you got going on now, because you've already brightened the world. How many people go help prisoners? That's like that there. How many people are marriage counselors and don't know it? (laughs) You understand the psychology. I said, I said the psychic, you understand the psychology of the human and the dog or animal in general. You understand that psychology. You know how to pick apart and put back together these things. That's an amazing talent, but that's an ability. So, so I want you, you know, when you look in the mirror tonight, after you brush your teeth or whatever you do to prepare for sleep, just think about that. You got an ability, not a not a top talent um, or anything like that. An actual ability to go beyond what people consider the norm, and and that's one thing that makes you. Uh, fantastic and an amazing human being. So I wanna thank you so much once again for sharing that with the world. Cause we don't, you know, everybody has something but your twist is not a twist, it's an ability. And you, you can stop saying twist from now on. And you can just say that you have this ability to reach through animals and humans and bring them back together in a good complacent manner. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you for allowing me to share.
1: All right. So once again, this is West Virginia and Commonplace. Um, Heather, where can they reach you at again?
0: www.happyownerhappydog.com
1: All right. And once again, remember, audience, you will find out all this information in the amazing show notes that will be provided by Heather and <laughs> one line by me. And from that that point on, you get in contact with Heather and you, Get the relationship with you and your dog back on track. It's no reason to have a bad relationship as long as you uh, contact Heather and get things going. Once again, West Virginia Commonplace signing off. Goodbye.
0: Please follow WV Uncommonplace on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, TikTok, where we have some great content. Facebook, LinkedIn. Hit up the merch store at (laughs) onecommonplace.square.site. join the email list from the website, and rate, subscribe, and give feedback from your favorite podcatcher. And lastly, thanks for listening and tune into the next episode.